If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Double T F1 podcast post-British Grand Prix edition. Now, before we dive into anything racing related, we need to say a big thank you to Team WTF1, who came out in their millions at the WTF1 Clubhouse this year. Uh, if you didn't know, it's our camping experience that we do at Silverstone or just outside at the Whittlebury campsite. And we had loads of people camp with us and it was mega. I think we probably went about three times as big as we did for our first year. It was an awesome experience. There were good vibes. There was a lot, a lot of partying, a bit too much partying for the founder. You'll hear his voice very shortly. <laughs> uh, but if you want to get, well, you could probably tell from that laugh. If you want to go next year, you have to be a Team WTF1 member, but it does work out to be about £2 a month. So, you know, if you fancy it. And booking is open for next year already. And also, another shout out, this podcast is once again sponsored by Elgato, our season-long partners and making us maybe, maybe we'll be classed as professionals by the end of the year. But we have this amazing equipment uh, to bring you this podcast. Now, Tommy, reveal your voice. Hello, everybody. Oh, yeah, that's that's, uh, that's me after singing lots of different songs. I did I didn't know a remix, a techno remix of Robbie Williams's Angels existed until I heard it at the WTF1 Clubhouse. But yeah, it was a, it was a good night. <laughs> that's not worth two pounds a month. I don't know what is. <laughs> Katie, your voice isn't uh, as croaky. Mine's a little bit. I was doing a voiceover yesterday, which you would have seen if you've. Uh, or heard if you'd watched the uh, Charlotte Claire video because I was sniffling and, you know, doing all kinds of stuff. Katie, you seem to be the only one surviving right now. I know. And that doesn't make sense because I literally was in the grandstands yelling at all the action that we saw on the track. So you'd think that I'd been like really croaking myself, but I seem to be okay. Did you notice that, Tommy? It's all the tea. Did you notice that, Tommy, how Katie said that she was in the grandstand, you know, watching watching the race? (laughs) Well, we were stuck in a hotel room. Doing our Twitch watch-alongs, <laughs> which you can find for every race weekend over on Twitch, WTF1 official. Now, right, let's dive into some, if I'm mentally ready, some uh, things that went on at the British Grand Prix. Let's go to some three-word race reviews first. Dining with Darth Vader says new regulations working. Hamza underscore Isam underscore 2003. Mick points finally. Matiliquio, best of season and Jitsit underscore Twint signs first win. Great to have you, Darth Vader. Uh, it's uh, <laughs> certainly the regulations were, were in full force uh, for the British Grand Prix. But I think generally speaking, lots of positivity. Had a scary lap one crash, of course. But the positive note from that was that Guan Yu was OK. Alex Albon was OK after some hospital checks. And that was the main thing, wasn't it? Yeah, very much so. A race that kind of had a bit of everything, to be honest with you. Um, Obviously, like you say, really glad to hear Joe is okay and Albert, and we'll go into that more in a minute. But 
yeah, just generally like a really entertaining Grand Prix. And I know some people might not say that he necessarily deserved it, but I think it's really nice to see a new winner. So I'm very happy for Carlos Sainz. Um, and yeah, let's get into it. Yeah. I'll say now, congratulations, Carlos Sainz, because um, later, <laughs> later when I start analysing the race, people might think that I'm not happy that he won. But I am. He did a very, like, I'm. it's nice to see new winners in Formula One. Uh, so well done, Sainz. Yeah. Tommy's yeah, getting that out of the way. I'm also getting out of the way. So like, well done, yeah, Carlos. Well done, Carlos. Um, Enjoy know. the money. I hope it makes you very happy. <laughs> He's come so close uh, on a few opportunities and, uh, you know, he needed one and we have been saying on the podcast and, and finally he got it. Whether we uh, talk about the circumstances around it, well, we will. I don't know why we said whether we definitely will be diving into that uh, very shortly, but Katie, let's, uh, let's start with your three word race review. uh, And of course, lap one. Yeah. So my three word race review is scary start crash. And that is, mainly relating to the crash that we sh- we saw with Zhou Guan Yu, where obviously his car ended up upside down and then being launched over the tyre barriers. Um, also worth noting, and I feel like because that one was so visually spectacular and like completely like something we've not seen in a very long time, not many people like seem to pay attention to Alex Alban, but he also had a really big shunt um, and you know, in fact, like his G-sensor thing got triggered, so he had to go to the hospital. And I think he went to Coventry Hospital to have five further checks because he potentially had some spinal injuries, but they seemed to think he'd be all right for Austria. But yeah, his was very much like a get tagged smack into the wall, whereas Joe's actually probably was a little bit lesser because all the energy dissipated from the crash where he was rolling and in the gravel trap and things like that. But yeah um roll hoop or roll cage seemed to fail which is pretty scary when you see the shots of him being like almost parallel to the ground which isn't supposed to happen and yeah just once again like praising the halo you know if you're still one of these people that's unsure about the halo then I don't know I just find that a really bizarre take that you want to take um aesthetic over safety because there were two instances in one day in the space of a few hours where unquestionably drivers lives were saved by the halo but yeah pretty scary stuff it really was uh, it's just those horrible moments where we've we reflected on a few uh, in this podcast thankfully not many uh, where you just have that eerie horrible moment where you don't know what's going on the red flags out you've seen not replays but you saw the start and you saw that there was a car upside down heading towards a barrier and you always get concerned you're always sat there just waiting for news uh, but it's obviously an incredible testament to how far formula one has come with their safety and i'll actually bring in this question now i usually bring it at the end but uh, at kieran 37034616 says why the hell do people still complain about the halo i wish i was joking but i've seen it it saved many drivers in, uh, on the grid and the grid would look so much different without it hell it saved nasani and joe in the same day so why do people still complain about it um, and reflecting on that part, I, I haven't personally seen many people complaining about the halo. I don't know if I'm just uh, living under a rock, but I don't think it's a popular opinion that some are saying to get rid of the halo personally, uh, you know, not just formula one, every single seater motorsport, you know, formula E, IndyCar, whatever, they're all moving forward with safety and driver head safety and cockpit safety and all that sort of stuff. So I, 
I know there was definitely that moment where the halo was introduced. People are like, oh, what? You know, the driver's visibility. Will they be able to race, et cetera, et cetera. All these questions and, and whatnot. But it has proved time and time again that it belongs in motorsports. So if there is a my, minority echo chamber going on right now, Kieran, ignore them. Because I, I can guarantee any normal, sane motorsport fan will be a fan of the halo being in, in motorsport. Yeah, it's crazy how anyone can still argue after after today. The uh, sorry, well, yesterday, um, the two incidents. I mean, the Nissani one. I'm sure people have seen it. That one was terrifying. I mean, we'd have been talking about on this this podcast because he's genuinely getting. You know, like it's horrible to think that that is ending in the worst possible way because he's launched over the sausage curb into the side of Nissani's car and. The halos, a hundred percent saved his life there, and then for to go into the Formula One and have another incident, it's insane. And um, there's actually a photographer that was there. Uh, he's called Vladimir Reese, who's a, a brilliant photographer, really, really great guy as well. And he uh, posted a couple of the shots and stuff. And he said, you know, I was anti-halo when it was introduced. It was ridiculous, but I've just, you know. I've just seen that and you cannot argue. And he was one of the people that if you watch the exterior shot, uh, I think it's a helicopter shot and you can see a a couple of people that are just behind that catch fence running out of the way. Uh, He was that because he's the one that got the shot where Joe's kind of coming towards him upside down with all the sparks flying. And yeah, the halo is just, it's unbelievable, isn't it? And you can't, can't praise it enough for what it's done. And it's very strange that, um, there's all these incidents now where it has prevented it uh, and you're almost like that's 100% going to end badly. So um, it's a great thing to have. And while there'll be investigations, I'm sure, and we'll, we'll learn more later about it, about the roll hoop and stuff, um, at least everything seemed to did, did its job. You know, the halo, uh, the catch fencing protected the fans. Um it's crazy. I can't imagine what it was like to be. We saw some videos, but your heart must have skipped a beat when the car started to launch up just for that split second where you're like, this is going into the stand here. Um, even if like one of the hearing. wheels hadn't been attached properly, that could have flown into the crowd. Like yeah. it is mental. We were, well, I don't want to be the one to be like, I was at the track. I'm not going to rub cool. it in much more than this, but we were sat in the international paddock, which means we got would have got full view to what was going on. But we were so focused on the battle with Max and Carlos that we were following the cars as they were going through turn one and down, um, you know, to the other turns. And we didn't even like I didn't even twig that anything had happened I didn't hear any noise I didn't hear anything because I think maybe the sounds of the engine drowned out or I was just so like tunnel vision and what was going on there but yeah a few cars came through and then there was a really long pause and I was like why are there no drivers coming through there's only like 10 of them have gone through and then turned around and yeah you could see Albin's car was demolished you could see Russell getting out of his car I saw him running didn't know Joe was there at the time because we literally had no clue what had just happened I thought he was just annoyed and he was like right I'm gonna storm off here because I'm I've come out of my home Grand Prix already by lap one turn one but no then it took a while for people to go hang on a minute there's somebody behind the barrier the tire barrier there and yeah that was like a really stressful time of 
you know, seeing the medical team rush to his aid, put the sheets up, which you think, oh my gosh, the sheets are coming out. This is not going to be good. But it's mainly, I think, because he was in such a compromising position um, and yeah, having him stretch it out and stuff and thinking, oh my goodness, what, what have we just seen here? But like you say, absolute testament to all the things that the FIA have done safety wise to make sure that we could have an incident like that. And there's not a single person that's come away with a serious injury, whether that's a fan in the grandstand and Marshall that's nearby or a photographer, as you say, or Joe himself. Um, but yeah, very, very worrying and scary start. And none of us fans like sitting there watching. I mean, the FIA do it and the TV direction don't show replays deliberately, but it still doesn't make it any easier on any of us that just desperately want to like know what's happened and to know the update of the driver. But yeah, scary stuff. Um, but just glad both of those drivers are okay. Definitely. It's, it's weird to think that Alex's impact was actually worse. Like when you actually look at mm. Alex's, the, the way he hits the wall and of course gets uh, tangled with a couple of cars, doesn't look that extreme in comparison to Joe Guanyu, of course, kicked up with the gravel and whatnot. But you know, as you say, with the uh, the G-Force um, limit, it was over 50G, wasn't it? So he uh, has to go to, to hospital for that. But thankfully, as you say, it's, uh, it seems like he's all okay. But it's just, it was, it was absolute carnage. And of course, the actual, it's weird because George Russell, I remember him saying in the post-rate, or I guess not post-rate, I mean, he was probably a couple of laps in, but he was saying he got tagged. But when you actually look at the incident itself, or he said he got hit from behind, but he drifts over, doesn't he? He, he just, and it's very easily done. He's clearly misjudged where, uh, the Alpha Tower is, or how close or closely the uh, Alpha Tower is, is coming between, um, I guess, Joe, Gasly, and uh, and then Russell. Um, but yeah, it was just a slight misjudgment. It's insane to mm. think the consequences that can happen just from a very slight movement on the wheel, and then all of, all of a sudden the car's upside down. He started on hard tyres as well, didn't he? So yeah. he got bogged down and didn't have the great start, and Gasly was just flying. Um and it's, it's a slight misjudgment from Russell, but it's not one of those things where you're like, oh my God, that was so dangerous. He needs to get yeah. penalties get or blah, blah, blah. It's just yeah. a first lap incident. And it was very it quickly. Was, it was very no quickly. Action, wasn't yeah. It? And it was, in my opinion, he's the one that's more at fault for it, but it's not anything that you need to kind of dive into more. And I think he, um, the way he sort of like conducted, I saw a great tweet from Callum Isla, actually. I don't know if you saw that uh, he mentioned that because obviously there's been a lot of talk of, of George that he he went over there. Obviously, there's nothing he can do, but he got out of his car and ran over and did his best to, even if it's just alerting more people that things need to be done. But yeah, Callum Ilot said something along the lines of that when he was karting, he flipped his cart uh, once and Russell was there, like was the one that had stopped at the side of the track and helping, helping him out. So um yeah, that was nice. Nice to see, uh, even if it meant that well, he couldn't get back in the race. But I don't think he would have anyway. Yeah, he was. Uh, he got up on the tire barriers, didn't he, or the tire wall, and was yeah. uh, properly gesticulating to get some uh, get some assistance. So it's it's nice to see that George has uh, his priorities straight and uh, wants to look after his fellow drivers as much as he then that all the team tried to argue his case that he got out to try and help. Uh, Joe, not to not to go out the race, but as you say, the damage was pretty extreme. Um, so yeah, George's streak of uh, top fives over at the British Grand Prix, which is not something we probably expected to uh, to say. Uh, 
Tommy, let's move over to your three word race review, where hopefully now we can just, you know, we've spoken Vibes. about, you know, Joe, Joe and Album, they're all good. Now let's focus on how damn awesome this race was. <laughs> Taking control of your bush is important. And that's why you need to try the best products from our sponsor today, Manscaped. These products are so good, you're going to be showing pride in your new bush-free yard. Save big and be the most hygienic version of yourself by using our discount code WTF1 for 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Manscaped is dedicated to helping you level up your full-body grooming game. The grooming package I highly recommend is the Performance Package 4.0. Inside the package is the Lawn Mower 4.0. This trimmer is designed to reduce grooming accidents and shave hair on loose skin thanks to a ceramic blade and advanced skin-safe technology. No need for night vision goggles either. This trimmer has an LED light to allow you to mow the lawn in the dark. Second best tool in the performance package is the Weed Whacker. This fine-tuned nose and ear hair trimmer will make sure everything is under control. So what are you waiting for? Get 20% off plus free shipping with our code WTF1 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use our code WTF1. It's time you leveled up your tools with Manscaped. My three-word race review is that was epic. And what a race. Best of the season. It's sometimes hard to get you know oh british bias and you know we're 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 there and we're loving like the clubhouse at silverstone and it's like oh are we just loving it because we're it's the british grand prix and our home race and stuff but that race i'm i'm genuinely struggling to think of a better dry weather race in recent years um it had like you say everything battle for the lead we had obviously a new race winner the drama in the championship with Max and Leclerc, because I mean, at one point it looked like it was just going to be Max, just see ya, I'm off. Um, and then Leclerc had an easy win. We'll go into that later. Um, controversy, I guess you could say, over team orders. And then the best bit, the battle at the end between Prez, Leclerc, and Hamilton is some of the best racing I've ever seen in F1. I remember watching a video. As a kid, it was like a Murray Walker video. And he showed this clip. It was Gilles Villeneuve and Arnoux in the 70s. And I think they've played it on Top Gear and stuff. And they're like, this is Formula One. This is what F1 should be. And that was obviously in the late 70s. And I've watched Formula One for years and years and years and never expected to see anything like that. And we've had that this year. And we've had it with three cars. It was just unbelievable. But the it was just insane. And then even at the end, you had Schumacher and Verstappen like <laughs> going to the, the line. And for all our complaining and moaning about some things not, not being great sometimes, like F1 is in such a good place. Like that was such a good race. It, you can't ask for much more than that. Yeah, even, even me uh, seeing through the tears of my eyes uh, <laughs> can, can completely appreciate that that was probably as close to a 10 out of 10 dry race that you could possibly wish for. It had absolutely everything just every time I've looked back on the, on that last 10 laps and the the fight that Leclerc Hamilton and Perez had, I just, I I'm beaming. Even me as a Charles Leclerc, not a fanboy, just passionate. His victory has been thrown down the toilet. We'll get onto that. 
but actually appreciating that wheel to wheel battle was was something else but of course you go on f1 twitter you have lots of other opinions you've got that red bull are getting away with penalties left right and center for Stappen apparently shoving schumacher off everywhere uh, uh, you know, just trying to defend position you had perez and leclerc and them going off track but for me like I don't know what it was about that particular three-way battle. And of course, Alonso was sat there, Norris just behind as well. But that was what I thought Formula One should be. Okay, yes, Perez and Leclerc pushed each other off and they both came off the track. And But that's that's the kind of jeopardy that you want to see in a Formula One race. I know it's very difficult to then, as it will always be with Formula One, where do you draw the line? Quite literally as well with track limits. It's quite mm -hmm. difficult, but it was just so entertaining. You had Hamilton go up the inside of the pair of them into the final corner and the cheer. You could have heard the cheer from Scotland. It was ridiculous. <laughs> Me and Tommy, of course, doing our live watch along uh, on Twitch. We were over in a hotel a little bit away from the track. We heard the cheers. We heard the cheers. And then we were like, wait, what's going on? Like, we had to wait about a minute to find out what was going on. Then we were like, oh, my God. And, you know, fair play as well to Crofty in that particular moment he could not have done a better job the commentary that he did about here and here comes Hamilton whatever it was it was very or there go whatever it was it was very much but here comes Sebastian Vettel type vibes like it was properly spine tingling stuff um, I got goosebumps watching that back yeah so did I every single time without fail so and as well before I I will uh, stop talking in a second but Leclerc on those hard tires he has got one of the best in my opinion <laughs> I don't know my opinion is worthless when it Not comes to biased, but... <laughs> he is one of the best in terms of racecraft and battling wheel to wheel on the grid I'd say if yeah. not the best like his judgment in a few of those situations <clears throat> round the outside of Hamilton into Cops Corner on old tyres even Just, though the camera yeah. angles were a bit dodgy is oh probably the best move I think we've had the whole year I, I, I will back you up on that and I will actually say that is one of the best moves I've ever seen in Formula One and it would have been if we had an offboard of it that that killed it a little bit but because uh, going back sorry like boomer alert but a long, I remember Alonso going around the outside of Schumacher at 130R and how incredible that was it, it reminded me of that and he's done it. it it's always when it's done on a great driver as well um, it always seems a bit more special um, and the fact that he's done it on old tires with a broken front wing, that is that is genuinely one of the best moves like I've, I've ever seen in F1. It's so good. It was, and that's, it was so close yeah. as well. It was so close. Of course, it didn't actually mean anything in the end, but the fact I think he still finished fourth and kept Alonso and Norris behind on fresh soft tires, I think you know he drove his heart out. He was so quick uh, yesterday. Uh, and to think he only finished fourth. Moving on, Katie, what have you got to say? <laughs> no, I was just going to say, like, that series of um, images and the, the overtakes that we saw there will definitely be something that is on, like, the F1 highlights reel for a very long time. And as somebody who, like, we came from Silverstone last year and the big highlight was this incident at Cops and that replay was just shown again and again and again. Like, it's refreshing now to know that there's actually going to be another, like, greatest moment if you want to categorize it as like those in the same kind of thing but yeah it was just sensational racing like you say like proper goosebumps uh watching it back and it was just brilliant of like Hamilton 
gets the better position and then he falls back and it was very much like a yeah oh yeah oh like it was almost like pantomime kind of level of support and cheering it was just wicked and um yeah Silverstone like you say British bias but it has got the capability to produce some absolutely sublime overtaking and just incredible racing and also having the overhead camera that's on the wire that like follows them around the corners as well I have to like take my hat off to the tv direction in Silverstone for that because it just makes it even cooler apart from when they cut to a little on board but it, you know and, yeah, and no. 70 replays of the same incident while they're still battling yeah. life <laughs> there was some, there was some amazing moments wasn't there but there was also some like qualifying was one of the worst qualifying sessions I've ever seen for tv direction I'm, I'm straight up say I'm not even filtering that one but then there were parts in the race where it was perfect. Like when yeah. Hamilton went through on Perez and Leclerc, that was the perfect shot yeah. and the perfect bit of commentary. But then, and to be fair, I'm going to say for the Leclerc-Hamilton thing, fair enough, because... You, they can't anticipate is, that he's going to do that, There is no way anyone thought Leclerc was coming out ahead of Hamilton. When you saw the shot, Hamilton had the inside line into cops <laughs> on soft tyres. And Leclerc was like, nope. So I can I can let them off with that one, but it is a shame uh, that they, they didn't have the off board. Um, and very quickly, I was going to say about um, the, the the restart. So when we had the, right at the beginning where Leclerc picked up the the front wing damage, just wanted to talk about how the fact I'm pretty sure we had four wide into turn four, very close to because of how many different lines you can take through there both Ferraris and both Red Bulls going through that. How on earth was not at least one of those cars facing the wrong way? I do not know. But it's, there's just so many moments of this British Grand Prix, which is just absolutely mega. You may have watched Internet's Best Reaction and think I'm a salty fan. I've had time to process. I've had a sleep. But no, I, I can still appreciate that this is one of the best races we've had in a very, very long time. What, one more thing I'd add as well is that that, that bit between Hamilton, Perez and Leclerc is... is concrete evidence that no matter how much you may be not like Mercedes or not happy uh, uh, and enjoy that Mercedes aren't dominating anymore or not the front but like if they're in the fight it's good for Formula One because if we get racing like that for this season if they catch up and we it's six cars doing that that is awesome exactly you know you, you know the caliber of Lewis Hamilton George Russell is of course a highly uh, highly rated youngster in the, in the field as well. You want to see those. You want to see other teams get involved. It's very simple maths that six cars is better than four in a battle and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but yeah, Hamilton being in that fight just added that extra layer of tension that even when it wasn't crazy, he was there setting fastest laps. And we're thinking, well, what are Ferrari going to do? Are they going to swap the cars? Yeah, we'll get onto that one. Next question. Team WTF1 member Grubbly. Was the close racing after the safety car indicative of the new regs actually being good or just caused by bunching as Leclerc was slower than everyone else around him due to old tyres in that phase of the race? So these kind of questions are quite difficult to answer because it is a mixture of both. Like the new regs proved, especially around Silverstone, that yes, it is. It would definitely, Formula One has definitely taken a step forward. And I think the regs, for whatever reason, have worked better at some tracks than others and Silverstone it clearly did work they could uh, follow so closely um, through some of the corners and then DRS is open and it was just brilliant racing but then uh, the, the chaos that we saw in the last 10 laps 
I would say is definitely more uh, caused by Charles Leclerc having hard tyres, which were very clearly at least a second a lap slower uh, than the soft tyres. So what I'd say probably it's a mixture of everything. It was a mixture of goodness, unless you're a Charles Leclerc fan, uh, but it was it was great entertainment. Yeah, it was neither black nor white. Like it's kind of a mix of the two of them. Um, but certainly the new regulations seem to be quite apparent during this race. And do you say plenty of overtaking? Um, but yeah, perhaps the clerk being a little bit slower around him did help bunch up the grid, but um, kind of played beautifully into Formula One's hands because, as we said, we got such wonderful racing and. Yeah, I'm very excited now. Like I've got, I don't sound, I sound incredibly like. <laughs> We've had a like long mellow. week. <laughs> it's a been a long, long week. Weekend. I'm a very tired girl, but um, yeah, it was just, it's just so good. I just love Formula One. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the the regulations. I think even when we didn't have that battle, you could see how much closer you could follow through maggots and beckets and things like that. And this again was a testament. At the end of the day, it's easy to say, oh, it's caused by Leclerc. But if they're the old cars, Leclerc's probably getting overtaken pretty quickly uh, in like a DRS zone. And then Leclerc is going to be stuck in the dirty air of the other car, ruin his tires even more and can't fight back. But this is something we've not seen for a while since we were applauding this at like the, the Saudi race and and after Bahrain as well, that the battles last longer because of the, the fight back that you can just like, because of the DRS, you can then get back and you can follow again. So it's not necessarily like you pass in the DRS zone, you chuckle the dirty air at the back and the other person can't overtake. How many times they swap positions? If that's the old regs, Leclerc's get just not, not, a hope of fighting back, but because they can follow closely through all the corners, it gives you the chance in the next DRS zone. And that's what I love about these new regulations. So um, yeah, more of that, please. Yes, please. Next question from rocket dog two nine nine. Why do you think the FIA was so lenient on Sunday when it came to forcing other drivers wide, both Leclerc, Perez and Verstappen forced someone else wide at some point during the race and no action was ever taken. It's, I think we've, we've touched on it a little bit. Um, I feel like for a, some of those incidents, it was pretty much six of one, half a dozen of the other, where the FIA have looked at the incident and gone, well, actually, they've both kind of done something wrong there, like Perez cutting the chicane and then Leclerc going off. And you're kind of thinking, all right, it's kind of evened out. Uh, Verstappen, he was obviously squeezed Leclerc and things like that, but there is an element of, well, he has the inside line. Leclerc, for example, is trying to go around the outside. He is allowed to close that door unless Leclerc is more than halfway alongside. So I know that there's a lot of talk about the whole Schumacher Verstappen defense, um, but overall, I think the FIA were a little bit more lenient just in the sense of just let them race. Because if, when you look back at this British Grand Prix, if the FIA are throwing out five second penalties left, right and center for people going off the track or Perez met corner cutting and they're like, well, that's a three second time penalty. It just takes everything out of the race. So for me, I was more than happy to be like, well, that was about fair. 
and just let them race. Because if not, we would not be buzzing from ear to ear uh, from this. We, we just wouldn't. It's, it's hard, but fair. I mean, I'm so glad that we saw no penalties like you because this is the racing I've always wanted in F1 where I remember in 2019 when we did the podcast, I think this was when Vettel got that penalty in Montreal. And then the next race, there was an incident. I think it's the Ricardo one, right? Where he goes slightly off the track, gets a five-second penalty. They're all swapping positions. These are the kind of things where like, in IndyCar, they just let it go. And it does, you're right, it does sort itself out because you can say, oh, Perez deserves a penalty, but then Leclerc deserves a penalty. And then, you know, so many times in that race, uh, you know, Verstappen squeezed Leclerc um, at one point and then uh, Leclerc sort of like ran Hamilton wide at one point and then Perez is like, say, cutting the corner and going off. And at the end of the day, when you let leave them to it, you're leaving it in the driver's hands. And until they do something ridiculous, mm. I, I think it's so much better for it that we can just enjoy that action without worrying about penalties. And I'm not, you know, I could be wrong here, but I don't, I haven't heard any of the drivers even going, oh, this person should get a penalty or this person should get a penalty. Gone. Someone did, didn't they? Alonso. It was Alonso. Oh, of course, Alonso. it was Alonso. He was, was straight on the blower to Alpine after the race and was like, it was a good race, whatever. And he went, uh, well, actually, look, we've three times on the straight, so uh, we'll get P4. We'll get P4 on the stewards, yeah? That was basically what he said. Yeah. He I said, mean, he's just. If I got five second penalty, Leclerc should get a 15 second penalty. It's like, Nando, calm down, honey. Just take a chill pill. <laughs> I mean, I do. I guess, yeah, he's probably a bit miffed that, because I thought, I thought the, the thing in Canada was a bit harsh personally but um i'm so glad they let them race one thing i would say and uh i'm blocking now from from team lh is that uh <laughs> hamilton i know oh good luck uh i think hamilton is maybe too polite and if you're team lh you're going he's a respectful racer if your other like fans you're going maybe he's like too uh, not not sort of like playing the new drivers at their own game but for me, Hamilton got like muscled out quite a lot there. And I think if he's more aggressive, which, you know, that's worked for him in the past, doesn't it? Because he keeps out of trouble. He's consistent. He's winning champ. Like he's won seven world titles. So he's damn good. So you can't, you can't question his ability, but the, I think he was definitely like quite polite in that, in the racing compared to others. Like I, I didn't see Hamilton sort of shove people wide for instance, like Norris going around the outside, he's he's giving him a car's width all the way around the corner. Same with Leclerc around Cops. Whereas Verstappen and Leclerc are driving to the line and shoving them off. So make of that what you will. It's an interesting point. I'd probably bombard your windows and doors right now. Uh, <laughs> hopefully you've got enough planks of wood for that. Uh, but it is an interesting point. And I'm not maybe... saying he's doing bad. I'm just saying no, he's, no, no. he's actually probably being too fair he's not when he's allowed he's allowed to push the it's, it's clear that the other drivers push the rules because they know they're not getting penalties whereas hamilton's maybe still driving as if we are in that era where you do get penalties for everything maybe yeah so leclerc for example as you said pushed hamilton wide out of was it luffield area yeah uh and he always closed the door he ran him out of road and he had to literally get out of the throttle um coming out of that corner and the drivers can get away with that, as you say. And maybe it's because Hamilton has always been, you know, this is literally just speculative, 
but perhaps the way he drives and the respectful way worked for him when he's in the fastest car because he can always just wait. He can always, there'll always be another lap for Hamilton to win the race. Whereas now he's fighting for every single position he can possibly get. And maybe that respectful, oh, you can have a car's width, no worries, attitude won't get him. Because for me, if he'd have a he'd have had a greater opportunity of potentially winning the race if he'd stayed ahead of Perez and just gone straight after Signs rather than all of that battling. Signs was able to bridge the gap and we'll never know. We almost lost to Alonso, didn't he? Because he had to back out of it because Leclerc shoved him wide and he had to back out. But yeah, like you say, you know, if he'd maybe got his elbows out and been a bit more, well, I'm going to push you off the track as well. You know, P2, I think, was was on the card set. It's it's really difficult because I'm I did really want Hamilton to win. Yes. And it was it was really like a lot of people when it was a safety car restart, I was like, Hamilton can win this. And I feel a little bit disappointed that he ended up third because that was such a big opportunity for them to get that win. And I know it's cool that he's on the podium in his home Grand Prix, but I was like, it it does feel like a what might have been, in my opinion. Yeah, it's an interesting yeah. one. I think uh, it didn't look like he was going to be able to win, though, did it, right at the end? Uh, no, with, right there. there was a point in the middle away. where I was like, Hamilton could, yeah. could win this genuinely. Um, so it's disappointing, I guess, if you're part of the British crowd, not to see that. And I think I'm right now in saying that he's got his biggest like winless streak between races in his entire F1 career because I think he tied that in Canada. So um, just I guess goes to show the how the uh, Mercedes is doing this year. But yeah, I think the the decisions from the FIA stewards were fair. I mean, when I think about other penalties that were awarded of like forcing a driver off the track, my mind goes back to Austria last year where we had like Checo forcing the clerk off twice and he got the five second penalties. And I think that was very just because especially pushing him into the gravel trap, like obviously Leclerc lost a lot of time from that. And I think there was also Perez and Norris at that point. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm sure the FIA as well probably think, we are going to be the biggest bad guys in the world if we start awarding like post-race penalties for this kind of stuff. So I, I think they're right in to have a little bit more of a casual stewarding um, route this year. We've got the new FIA race directors and for other situations like leaving the track and gaining an advantage, they're kind of saying to the drivers, okay, you mess up, you make back the time. If you don't make up the time, then that's when we'll step in. Whereas like you say with this, they were fighting, few people were getting pushed out, but it kind of all like worked itself out. And I don't think there's anybody that I can look back at and be like, yeah, they really got like done over and the FIA should have stepped in there because they got mugged off. Like it all worked its sort of self out. So yeah, I think the FIA were right to step back with that one. And obviously if there was like a proper force, like forced off and they got really done over, then um, the FIA should have stepped in, but we didn't get to see that. I was expecting Magic Alonso though, to just sort of like somehow find his way up to the podium at some point. Cause he was probably sat there thinking, right. Rubbing his hands together, being like these guys, there's going to be a collision and I'm going to be able to pray through onto the podium. But no such luck for him. So many moments where I thought <laughs> so, people were going to collide, by the yeah, way. Yeah. Even, the two, even the two Ferraris, when Sainz made the move on Leclerc and he was trying to hang it around the outside, I was like, this is it. 
I mean, how many yeah. times have we been saying that Sainz and Leclerc are going to crash at one point? We did expect them to be slightly closer on pace this year, didn't we? So we haven't yeah. really had that many opportunities <laughs> of the two Ferraris uh, fighting. But um, yeah, that was... Uh, I, I, yeah, I cannot believe we didn't have more crashes. And uh, mm. Fernando Alonso, yeah, he was licking his lips at the end of that race. Um, but uh, unfortunately, he didn't manage to get uh, towards the front. Uh, let's now move... Ow. To my three-word race review, which is about Haas. No, it's not. It's about Ferrari. And it is just Pitt Leclerc. That's your new phrase. You need that on a t-shirt. Yeah. Why didn't they just pit? Why didn't they pit Leclerc? That'd Why didn't they pit Leclerc? You would have seen the social clip. Tommy posted it on every <laughs> single WTF1 uh, social media account. That's so funny. Of uh, me <laughs> reacting to I was in, I was absolutely stunned that Ferrari did not pit Leclerc. And you may well have already seen the video we've put out on YouTube, but we're going to pop off and talk about it anyway. So, of course, the safety car comes out. Esty bestie. Yeah. Car brakes. Oh. A really good job that Alpine did all of that work to repair <laughs> Esteban Ocon's car just for him to cause some of the greatest racing we'll ever see uh, around Silverstone and potentially ever. But, um, of course, safety car comes out. There was time... For Charles Leclerc to pit. Let's just make that clear, okay? Strategies, strategists, the teams, they talk about these possible moments. They go, if X happens, we do X. So they would have had that scenario in their head of a safety car happening. What do we do? And they didn't pit Leclerc. They pit signs. Now, they had many options. They had uh, an option to not pit either, either of them, but there's no point of doing that. They could have picked both of them, but apparently there wasn't time for that. There wasn't time for a double stack because they would have lost too much time. I've seen some people saying, oh, well, if they're double stacked, Hamilton could have easily won. How? Hamilton stays out. He would have got track position and then got swallowed up. Anyway, so they decided to pick uh, pit signs because they wanted to keep track position with Leclerc. There's not that many laps left, and they think that signs can kind of play the rear gunner as we heard in that team radio it kind they they believed at the time that for example signs could give leclerc 10 um car lengths worth of space at the beginning of the safety car restart signs said jog on um at that point well we knew he knows the strategy the second... team too well <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah well i mean he's just he's, he's looking ahead and he's going wait shut charles on hards you, and you want me to listen to your strategy calls? And, and, and Leclerc is ahead of me on old hard tyres. Leclerc might as well have had, here's your first wind science written on his rear yeah. wing. Like, I do not know why <laughs> they did not pit Leclerc. I still can't get my head around that. <laughs> I, I still, I'm just hearing you and the watch along in yeah, my head. Yeah, literally. And I'm, and I'm getting flashbacks again because it makes zero sense. Leclerc is supposed to be their number one. I know it's not official, but they are. he's the long term. He's the ahead in the championship. He could have won four races in the last six, or four of the last six or four of the last five had luck and Ferrari blunders not happened. And yet, they're like, no, stay out, mate. We're going to lose too much time with signs otherwise. Why does it? I'm so, Great, Carlos. Thanks for winning. Great that you've won your first race. Feel good for you, my friend. What are Ferrari doing? I need to, I need to mute. I really do. Okay, deep breaths, babe. You can get through this. It's going to be all right. 
no, it was pretty ridiculous. I completely understand the idea of keeping one track, uh, one car out for track position, bringing one car in, split the strategy into two. Bob's your uncle. That's all good. But yeah, why pit science? I just don't. I'm I'm still too trying to wrap my head around it because Leclerc was so rapid out there, even with damaged front wing, he was going so fast. And for a team which have messed up strategy calls as recently as Monaco, his home race, his one chance to get like points, but also like a, a victory around his home race where he's had such bad luck in the past, they ballsed it up. And then they've also provided him with a car that seems incapable of finishing a race at the moment and with all these power unit issues. You're meant to be the kind of people that are like motivating him. Like we know that Carlos is an extremely competitive and good driver. Yes, he's had his moments this season, but we know he's got it in him to win races. And he did that this weekend, although we'll go into it, but maybe not through maybe the way that he wants to like obviously he's gonna be happy he's won a race but it wasn't kind of like a sensational lights to flag dominant like he got lucky in certain aspects of his first victory but I just can't understand how you can't see that you have somebody that is quite easily could be a future world champion could have won the championship this year and you're providing him with a car that's Okay, but it's let's believe. Well, well, we will believe. I bought a Ferrari hat this weekend, Matt. I'm aboard the hype train, okay? But I I just can't understand how like Bonotto thinks, yeah, this is really good driver management here, guys. We're really motivating this guy 110%. He's just getting more and more pent-up anger when he's doing his post-race interviews and stuff. And I think he's only a matter of time away before he literally just like loses it. Maybe that's why Bonotto came up to him after the race and was like, "Hundred percent, keep yeah. it." No, shut. no, he was cheering him up. What, yes, taking him a joke. Heard, right? He was cheering him up with his his finger like that. He was saying, "Do like not say a word. <laughs> Do not say a word." Is what he was saying because he knew that. How yes. many times can a Leclerc reword, "I am really angry and disappointed in this team" for a media pen interview? Crikey, like, it's just insane to me. And, you know, I, I really do feel sorry for you, Matt, as such a hardcore Leclerc fan, and you have been for so many years, that he's kind of got his big first chance here to win a championship. And it just seems like Ferrari don't care. They're just, <laughs> I just don't get it. I really am struggling it's to wrap my head around mad. it. You can say what you want about Christian Horner, but him and Toto Wolf know how to hype up their team, to take one for the team when they mess up and such. But it's just, we, we said it on the podcast a few weeks ago, I think it was after Monaco, like it says a lot that Ferrari are the only team that have a, like a folder of memes made about their strategy because they just mess it up so often. Every time, isn't it? I mean, every time we, we knew, I mean, if we chumps, I mean, according to Twitter, I don't know wheel, so no even wheel not, knowledge. No wheel I mean, knowledge. No exactly. wheel knowledge whatsoever. But Obviously, you're not top hundred. <laughs> but, but I knew immediately as soon as I saw Leclerc was coming to the pits. I was like, "That's it. He's lost the race." So obvious. It was like, you know, in hindsight, yes, it's a quick decision they have to make. But you knew he was a sitting duck, and he had. I don't get Ferrari's excuse to say that if he'd have pitted and everyone would have stayed out. Uh, that was worse because then he'd have been four. Like 
the pace he's shown all that race, if he's fourth and the three people in front are on old hard tires, he's winning in those 12 laps easily. He's getting past them all. No, no question. I mean, if he can defend from Hamilton with his old hard tires, he's, he had so much pace. He's, he's like winning that race. So I get that they didn't want to screw science in the double stack, but like what, like why are they thinking about science? Like no offense, but he's the one he's not in the championship. He's second. And it's not even a situation where, um, you know, if, if it had finished one, two, you're like, okay, they're predicted the one, two, but they finished one and four and then just favored the driver. That's not going to win the world championship. And the one that's shown, sorry, science fans, but he's not shown that he's capable to beat Leclerc he, in a normal he race. He made a mistake leading the race and gave the position to Verstappen. Like exactly. The and, and Leclerc was all over the back of him with a broken car. So like broken front wing. Um, it's, it's maddening that they didn't even get the one, two anyway. So they can't, for me, justify it. You know, science doing the double stack science might've had the pace, you know, get, get back into second anyway it's just honestly and and these are the decisions we'll go into this later but i mean in hindsight if, if they'd have just done the unpopular thing in the first place and just switched them leclerc's got such a lead in the race that it doesn't need to be close and they can double stack them easily anyway so it was just blunder after blunder from ferrari and it's weird because you know a lot of people will you know, I had a lot of replies to my tweet about that the Ferrari screwed up. But they're like, well, Ferrari won the race, but it's like they're not going to win the driver's the championship. Driver. Yeah. They won the race with the wrong driver and they went from getting an easy one two to finishing first and fourth. So they didn't, they're not even gaining in the constructors' title. It makes no sense. And, and it's, we, this, we is not well. a, this is not an anti science thing. It's just, it's just common sense to do that. Yeah, we you you for example, you know, you said it on the I think it was the Spain podcast or whatever where you're like, it's unpopular that Perez is like no fighting or whatever, but it makes total sense because Max is so much quicker, and then they're maximizing the one two while Leclerc's out the race. This is this is the role reversal of that where Ferrari one two, Verstappen's out of it, and they screw it up. Yeah, it's funny because I've had a few people being like, oh, well, Matt, you were you against the uh, Red Bull uh, swapping. Uh, blah, blah, blah. I was obviously against it because it was just those two fighting for the win. And when you've got that, you know, you, you, you kind of want to see the battle and I wanted Perez to have a chance. But then on the flip side of that, Ferrari are very much the underdogs of this year. You have to say that now. Like they are behind. They're having to chase Red Bull. They were also fighting Hamilton. That was another thing that I, that's the main problem I had is that Hamilton was banging in fastest lap after fastest lap. Signs was slow. He had, slow in the comparison to a Williams, but he was slow enough that he wasn't hitting his target lap times. And they took forever to change them around. Why are they changing them around eventually when multiple Hamilton... times as well? Yeah, so one they more had the opportunity said, when, yeah. as soon as Verstappen's passed science, they should be letting him go. Still didn't let him go. Then they were battling for more. And then, you know, later in the race, they're still not letting him go when Hamilton's closing in. It's, it is mad how long they make. And they, they've tried to justify it, but they're not yeah, that, kidding that's anyone. That's a problem I have as well. 
right? I'm 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 upset. No, it's uh, <laughs> it's it's the fact that not only have they made the mistake, but they then back themselves and be like, no, actually, it was. I think, did, I think we did. I think we made the right decisions. Um, yeah, look, we've already said at the start we are happy for Carlos Sainz for winning. Oh, awesome. I'm thrilled. Yeah, exactly. For him to win, but the way in which he won, and if you actually look at it on the face of it, he didn't deserve to win that race. Let's be real here. Like he wasn't quick enough. I say deserve. That's a bit harsh, but in the sense of he wasn't quick enough to win that race if things went normally and Ferrari didn't do that blunder, um, and also. This whole talk about not being able to double stack. Leclerc was four seconds ahead of signs. That became nine, I think, when it becomes the safety car. Since when does it take more than nine seconds to sort out a double stack? I better the pit stop. <laughs> like, Leclerc could have probably changed his front wing at that point and signs could have only lost a couple of seconds. It, it just is baffling to me. You know, we all know... Like they might go, oh, what's the first and fourth? They haven't lost that many points in the constructors. No team, we've already discussed this at the end of last year. No team wants to just win the constructors. Mercedes won the constructors. They're eight times champions. No one cares. Verstappen's the champion from last year. That's all that is spoken about. Yeah. And and now they now they can't even say to signs, well, Leclerc's ahead in the championship. They're only 11 points separate. How are they 11 points separated when Leclerc could have... He hasn't been on the podium since Miami. I'm loving this energy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it's... Look, some people have been like, oh, Matt, you know, you're, you're whining. Oh, how dare you be passionate about your favourite like, driver yeah, do you want loop, to be potentially real? losing a title? Exactly. Yeah, you, you, we spoke about it at the start of the year. How long will it be till Ferrari throw it away? I did not realise this, this is quickly. the amount of turmoil I would go through. Um, because it's, Sorry, go on. Thoughts and prayers. I was just going to say, because we don't know how long Ferrari is still going to be able to challenge. We're just coming up to the halfway point. We've There's obviously been this talk about Rebel being quicker, but Tommy, you made a really good point, maybe in the last podcast or whatever, that Leclerc could have easily won a lot of these races that have gone by. It is missed opportunity after missed opportunity how many more chances do they want to have? Yeah. Sad, isn't it? <laughs> right. Even if you're not a Ferrari fan, but everyone is a Ferrari fan, that's a quote Sebastian Vettel. Yeah. Um, but just even if you're an impartial F1 fan, you want to be able to see a championship battle unfold. Like we were treated to such a spectacle last year with Hamilton and Verstappen. Like we got a taste for what Formula One can be at its best. And then as a result of Ferrari's sort of negligence with some of these things or, you know, mechanical issues that they might say are out of their control, it's just slowly like being taken away. But as we've said so many times on this podcast, nothing is impossible. It could be that Red Bull have a mechanical problem or Verstappen drives over more carbon from an Alpha Tauri at every single race this year and is really slow as a result and... Ferrari get it right and they somehow come back from it like it's not over until it's over like until the last race of the season but it's still frustrating to see what could potentially be a wonderful battle between two former karting rivals now in Formula One at the top tier of motorsport kind of just being snatched away from us but if you'd have told me that I would be this angry over Leclerc gaining six points on Verstappen in the championship after the British Grand Prix. I'd be like, wait, what happened? Um, so, yeah, for those that think I'm whining, I'm sorry, uh, but uh, I'm going to be me and I'm going to vent my frustrations <laughs> about Ferrari. Me. 
so if you can't deal with it, I am very sorry. Just ask Ferrari to start making good choices and then you won't have to hear it. Right. Question. M. Masseri. Has Ferrari thrown away the Drivers' Championship with Leclerc? Are they just trying to keep the garages happy for next season and maintain a good relationship? Or was this another Ferrari strategy mistake? If it is about keeping a good relationship, I'm not sure Leclerc's too good right now, if I'm being completely <laughs> honest with you. Um, good, homie. I said it in uh, the video we put out about why they didn't pit Leclerc, that it just feels like Ferrari don't have that authoritative decision-making to just cutthroat make the decision as you said tommy with mercedes with red bull they just go swap the cars we need to prioritize the race time here like leclerc was losing so much time and Charles was saying it over and over and over and over again that he was losing time and could go faster and we've seen this before with ferrari this isn't the first time where they just delay and delay their decision is okay copy okay we're looking into it target lap time this target lap time that very bizarre I don't, I don't get it. Is it because they don't want to come across as this team order team from previous years where it was That's Rubens so and Shumi? bizarre though, right? What because is the reason for it? You've grown up like the Shumi fan and they were the team that did that. And that's why they're winning world titles. Well, you know, Williams had a really good car uh, in like the Schumacher era, but like Ralph Schumacher and Montoya would just either crash into each other or take points off each other or whatever. And Ferrari like, Get out of the way, Rubens. Schumacher's winning, and he, you know, he wins a title by six hundred points before the end of the season. <laughs> and now, it's bizarre to me that they're the ones that want to be this likable. Like, oh no, we'll let them race, even though it makes no sense from a team point of view. I mean, the tight the title's certainly not over by any stretch. You know, Fry haven't thrown away the championship, but they need to learn from this big time because you know Leclerc every time Leclerc has had a problem or DNF correct me if I'm wrong Max has won right so he's gone 20, and, and Red Bull have done it as well you know they're not going to let Perez block their own teammate that's going for the world title and not secure 25 points while Leclerc's got a broken car Ferrari yeah. Ma- like Max is winning that race easily without the damage and as soon as he gets damage that's i was halfway through that watch long thinking like this is a this is going to be a 25 point swing in leclerc's favor here and it should have been and it's six well, like 25 he finished seventh in the max but yeah but but i thought max was going to yeah, completely yeah, yeah. retire and it looked like he was going to end up at the points before the ocon thing so you know leclerc winning that race Max, yeah, okay, maybe like one or two points, but it's a huge point swing. And to only get six points is baffling when, you know, that's the opportunity that Ferrari need to do what Red Bull did and go, this is our chance now. We have to maximize every opportunity we have. And this is what, it's mad to me because Ferrari did this with Fernando, like Fernando Alonso should have won titles at Ferrari and it wasn't always his fault with strategy mistakes and things like that. And it's like history repeating. I don't understand what it is about Ferrari and how they've, they're doing this, but if it carries on this way, they're not beating Red Bull in the championship because Red Bull are willing to just be like, well, ruthless. At the end of the day, like who cares what F1 Twitter think? Like if Max has got the world driver's title, he's not, 
going to be like, oh, well, um, oh, oh, uh, Leclerc fan 72 says that if Perez had uh, like yeah. not blocked him, I would have not MV won the champion. Yeah, exactly. Who cares? <laughs> like you've got to be ruthless in the sport. And it made no sense. So I, I feel like I'm the one that's like saying it as well as you. And it's, it's maddening. I can't. You, you've got every right to be angry because the the fact how Leclerc's only taken six points out of Verstappen in that race is a joke, really. I think it, I'm all for keeping drivers happy, motivated. That's what a good team principal should do, even if you're on a team where there, sh- there is maybe evidently a number one driver and a number two driver. But there are ways that you can do it that's not just like we're going to shaft our potential number one driver in favor of other driver getting their first win. Like I'm sure Carlos Sainz is on cloud nine at the moment. It's taken him 150 races to get that first win. And we've said it literally in Canada that he's come so close and so many opportunities where like Monza, for example, in 2020, he was just as deserving as Gasly for that win but he didn't just get it he was so he was always the driver that was so close but not quite there I think he was also getting close to was it Heifeld's record of maybe so many podiums without a win so he's now eradicated that and I'm sure the team morale on Carlos' side of the garage is going to be lovely and high and they're going to be going to Austria going to be good vibes in that garage but you can't like Formula One's ruthless it's literally cutthroat everyone is out for themselves every driver has such a big ego and as much as you want to say oh these drivers you know they're teammates and they're best friends and they're great like that's not how formula one works it is your way or the highway like and i just don't understand ferrari's like how they've worked out that by giving carlos a win like that charles is going to be like yeah that's that's great that's nice but it should be charles up there i just i I don't understand. Verstappen's too good this season and got too much of a good car for Ferrari to just be like, oh, well, we'll get, we'll just let science be happy for a bit and then we'll think about Leclerc in the title and get like, it's, it's, yeah. It actually comes on to the next question, which was from Daniel Batman J. Now that science has his first win, do you think Ferrari will be more assertive with their team orders since they won't be robbing him of his first anymore? If that is if that is actually something they <laughs> yeah. have gone by, what is Carlos Sainz a charity case now? What what I don't understand. So just two pounds a month. Potentially, yeah. <laughs> he's in potentially the fastest car on the grid. Debatably, we don't know. Ferrari or Red Bull, very close. He doesn't need to be given race wins, especially when you are behind in the championship. It doesn't matter if you're taking a, a win from a Ferrari perspective. It shouldn't matter uh, because you know Tommy said a few times six points. That's all they've taken away from Verstappen. Verstappen will pretty much be challenging for the victory every single time his car is not braking. And we don't know how many times that's going to break or he's going to run over debris. Yeah, I don't, I don't think Ferrari think this way, but if they do, wow. Team WTF1 member Bailey McGoldrick. Would Lewis have won the race had it not been for the safety car? Let's move away from it, shall we? Yeah, let's move away from Ferrari. Now. <laughs> I feel like my ra- my face might go as red as the uh, the Ferrari color scheme. Uh, so would Lewis have won the race had it not been for the safety car? Was catching on much longer tires. I am don't know what longer means. Maybe more durable. Um, no, no, he wouldn't. I think Charles Leclerc was was clear. I think he could have caught signs because signs was fuel saving, and we I think we had a team radio where he was 
quite upset by that news and Lewis was catching. So I think Lewis could have got P2, but Leclerc was was out of out of touch. Yeah, totally agree. I think it, it's, he's getting science, but he's not getting Leclerc in my opinion. Uh, Leclerc had too much pace. But again, what I will say is it is disappointing. Like third feels like such a disappointment for, for that package where they did look really good. You know, he set fastest lap on the final lap as well mm-hmm. and did genuinely have that, that pace to win. I mean, I don't want this to turn into like a, oh, science, but science obviously won and his pace wasn't amazing, which shows that, you know, if, if things go in your, your way, you can, can get the, get the victory. So um, yeah, Hamilton, Hamilton would have got science maybe, but I, cu- I couldn't have seen him passing Leclerc for the win. Yeah, I mean, we mentioned it earlier in the podcast. There was a moment maybe midway through the race where I was like, Hamilton could genuinely win this. You had Carlos, well, certainly bottled the first start that we saw, and then he had the just deciding to go off the track and let Verstappen come through. He had Leclerc with the damage to his car. Although he was quick, you know, you've got to sort of store that and think he does have a damaged car. Um, you also had Verstappen that had run over the debris and was going slower. You had Sergio Perez who had to pit really early on and went from the back and came, well, eventually came through to second, which also his drive is not really, has been sort of swallowed up in everything else. But I think, and I'm biased, but I think that was a really good drive from Perez. Um, and so like there already, and Russell, who you could argue is also within that group, although he's not won a race yet, but he looks incredibly consistent and fast. He was out. So you think, well, out of the people that are left, Hamilton has a car that looks to be quite rapid here at Silverstone. He's banging in the fastest lap times. Mercedes don't have a tendency to bottle strategy. So maybe this could could be a win. Um, but unfortunately, Formula One is just made of so many elements and things going on at all times. Like it, everything can change in literally a split second. Um, so yeah, I would say that as it went on, it became increasingly unlikely that he wouldn't win. Um, which, yeah, is a shame. I think it would have been nice to see Hamilton win in front of the Silverstone crowd. But um, like I said, I'm also very happy for Carlos. So, and I would have been happy for Checo and happy for everyone I'm else. I'm loving how you're just, yeah, you... pre-facing all of that with, yeah, I'll be happy with everyone, actually. Yeah, well, <laughs> I generally would. Did you see that video of Landon Norris doing a stream on the new F1 game? Mm. And it, he did a race on the new F1 game at Silverstone. And the result was Sainz won, Perez was second, Hamilton was third, and Leclerc was fourth. Really? Yeah. Mm. So wow. bizarre. Oh, that's madness. I didn't know that. Uh, so he's almost as good as you, Tommy, at yeah. uh, changing the fate of, of Formula well, One speaking, races. Speaking of, yeah, Grace, uh, this was the first race. She's outgrown the, the onesie. <gasps> and I predicted I predicted Max, obviously, not being in the top five. Everyone was like, Tommy, what are you doing? You're clueless. You don't know wheel. And then, um, what is was... this? You don't know wheel. I'm such a grandma. <laughs> Can you explain? You don't get F1. People, it's people, you have no yeah. wheel knowledge, you know, like yeah. steering wheel. It's just one of those troll comments. It's basically. like a footballer, like football Twitter kind of thing that's merged yeah. into F1 now. But, um, yeah, I, I, I said it to you so many times, didn't I? That I just had this feeling that something would go wrong for Verstappen. Obviously, he's getting, um, pretty poor reception from from the crowd and stuff and i could just see it i could just see him having an issue and sure enough no onesie equals no win maybe i'm just gonna put it out there right so your onesie <laughs> max verstappen onesie has 
outgrown. So the powers have been transferred. And technically, the onesie I bought you, I know it hasn't actually you know, been worn by Grace yet, but it is kind of red Ferrari. It's not specifically Leclerc. I tried to make it Leclerc. But <laughs> maybe the send a new one. With, have... I'll write a 16 on it. Yeah, I think you should, because I think maybe the powers are starting to work, but they're slightly confused. So if you could just put a 16, there you go. Okay. Um, but that is madness that the one time she doesn't wear it, Max has problems. Are you going to get a three to six month one for Grace? Or? I don't know. Well, we'll see. No. I, I'm, a, I'm a little bit concerned because I was like, huh, that's quite funny. But <laughs> then you were and like, then, and then I'm so like, how much okay, is it? <laughs> it's actually like, this is like, it's seven races that it's happened yeah that's a long time for it to be like oh well it's not it's not gonna work this time it's not like <laughs> me and like on the podcast in like 2025 where i'm like the staffen hasn't won a race since and it's all because of this grace onesie the amount of people that came up to you at goodwood which was the weekend before this one going this is tommy this is the one with the magic baby the <laughs> magic baby it's magic gonna be funny magic baby. when she grows up she's just like me telling the story should just be like, all right, dad, whatever. I don't even like oh. F1. We're well, on the YouTubes. <laughs> I used to. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. Uh, next question from Ludicrous Chaos. Do we think Mick, without the pressure of scoring his first points, can be more consistently in the points? Uh, only time will tell on that one. Uh, it was certainly a much better performance from Mick this weekend. I mean, he was he started 19th and finished 8th. I mean, Ooh. that is quite the drive. Both Hasses getting points Double when points. they finished at the back and then they finished and at the front. Not, Tommy, do you, did you not on our Twitch watch? Along, I, you were going through the grid or whatever it was, or we were speaking about who at the back and you were like, oh, yeah, Aston Martin and Hass at the back, they won't score points. Or I, said it, I said it in our Saturday podcast at the clubhouse. Was I was like, but they're not scoring points. So you're welcome. And they took that personally. <laughs> and they took that personally. Um, but no, I, I think it would definitely help for Mick. You could see what it meant to him. He even said, I oh, know maybe the media can now focus on the racing now or something rather than him not getting points. So fingers crossed. I'm not expecting something crazy. You know, when Ocon won his race in Hungary, everyone's like, oh my God, is he now going to be the next Lewis Hamilton? No, I don't think it changes the fundamental problems he's been having, but it was a great result. And let's hope for some more. Yeah, I mean, he's still driving a house at the end of the day. It's not like he's suddenly upgraded and he's in a Ferrari. Like, it's still not the best car on the grid. But I'm sure that will be a great bit of... Um, oh, hold on, I'm going to butcher a phrase here. It will be a weight off his shoulders. Okay, that was... I thought you were going to go for something much more complex than that. I was going to say something like, it's going to get rid of the weight on his mind, but that's also definitely not a phrase. So I had to make sure I said the right thing there. Um, but yeah, somebody, I forget where I saw it. Somebody pointed out that actually it took George Russell longer to get points in F1 than it has done Mick Schumacher, which seems crazy because Mick Schumacher does feel like a proper ongoing joke. But um, yeah, very happy to see Mick in the points. And also, <laughs> I don't know if I respect it or if I'm like, mm, maybe not how I'd play it, but then I'm not a Formula One driver, about how he was still so like, ballsy with what he was doing with Max and Verstappen yeah, like I, that. I was like Mick honey get the points get the bag like just calm down but I mean fair play and Sebastian Vettel as well like 
all the team Smick content was just flowing after the race yesterday. Um, but saying that he was obviously in the car behind and could figure out that Mick was on track to get points. And he was in the car going, go Mick, go, come on. Like, which must be the most wholesome team radio if that's available anywhere. Um, but yeah, well done Mick. on finally breaking the curse and getting those first points. But I'm going to say this now, it's going to age so badly, but I think we'll probably only see that again on like maybe another two, three occasions this year of him getting points, but. Wow, savage. Hasn't Ooh. even got to Austria yet. And you're like, no, this ain't happening much more. <laughs> well, it's taken him long enough. <laughs> yeah, it has a weird one because, like I say, they were fifth and sixth in Canada, no points, 17th and 19th in this race in qualifying, double points such a weird weird team i know obviously a lot of people dnf'd but yeah um hopefully it's a turning point for him him racing max was like oh that especially that last corner so I, he close. sent it down the inside if max had turned in any more imagine you know he collides gets a time penalty that puts him like p11 or something oh <laughs> he couldn't right but no it was uh it was fine and I mean, this race, honestly, just so good. Even those, like those two, just going wheel to wheel at the end. This race, just so good. There's so many things that we just haven't even spoken about. Like it's just yeah. things like, for example, the two Alpha Towers colliding and doing synchronized spinning. Yeah, and stuff like that. Like so many things oh, we didn't even really speak about how Leclerc got his front wing damage and how that move was a little bit audacious to say the least. And yeah, there's so many things that went on. Um, but uh, we do now need to move on to the best part of the show but uh, mm-hmm. Tom is raising his hand because he's got a jingle ready for us oh I yes have. the jingle okay this jingle reminder podcast at wtf1 dot sorry com wtf1 wtf1 dot com yeah that one uh, to send in your jingles this is from Felipe hi guys oh, Felipe. a big fan over here excited to send you this very simple little song for the ABCDEF1 segment. It contains all of your voices from different episodes. And for the geeks out there, every letter you say corresponds to the exact musical note the piano plays. Fingers crossed uh, this one gets to be played at some point. All the best, Felipe. Here we go. That's time for... <laughs> Play it again. I, I really like that one. Play it again. That's that was... good. Uh... That's time for... <laughs> <laughs> That's very good, Felipe. Really I, re- that. I really like that. A, B, C, D, E, F, F1. A lot of different voices. It's great. Right. Well uh, this might well be the most controversial ABCDF one ever. If you're a Carlos Science fan, I think you should probably turn off now. Uh, let's Tommy get cancelled. Uh, but yes, let's um, let's talk about the drivers. Okay. <laughs> Let's start with Lewis Hamilton. I am going to give him a. Yeah. A. Could have got. I think he could have got second. Close, with, Close yeah. to yeah. a star, but a. Yeah, I think high A, but it's an A. Is a high A definitely, but. We don't do high. We don't do high age over here. Uh, yes, <laughs> A for Hamilton, and the fans gave him an A star. Interesting. George Russell, C. Can't really grade him really on that. Oh, just borderline D, I'd say. Borderline but... D because of bad qualifying and also potentially being the one most at yeah. fault for the, the crash. Okay, D. 
Yeah. You finished, you qualified at eight. You ah, no, really actually, no, I'm, giving, I'm giving him a C because of the way he acted after the crash and how he tried to help Joe Guanyu. Yeah, I'll go for a C. Okay, so C yep. from us and a C from the fans. Max Verstappen. Right. How do, this is a how really do... difficult one because he's yeah. easily winning the race. He's easily getting pole if Leclerc didn't spin. But mm-hmm. then it's like, oh, it's difficult. And it was obviously a really good drive with, he had 20% uh, less rear downforce. Um, 20% which, is a massive. It's a massive. Well. How he's finished P7 is crazy. And I know people will go, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, Verstappen, why do you always say that? Like that car, you could see how hard that car was to drive, by the way. Uh, yeah. The onboards and stuff. Physically, yeah. He, it was, he was, yeah. I mean, no wonder he wasn't annoyed probably when he saw Leclerc's result as well. But P7 is pretty much like a victory in that in that car. So I'm going to have to give him an A. Uh, it's, it's an because, A though. Yeah, Quali was a little bit uh, on the... Uh, I know we don't give much of the grade around Quali, but of course he it didn't get pole and uh, had quite a, a scruffy session in that uh, slippery Saturday. And then, yes, yeah, it's, it's going to be an A. Yeah, I don't think we can give him an A star, which I know is savage because he did pick up debris. And he said that his, he saw it and he couldn't go left and he couldn't go right. So he thought, I'll just try and hit it straight on and hope for the best. <laughs> wow. And then as a result, it got like wedged at the back. But For, for the people that don't know Wheel as well. Um, <laughs> this is, is going to be my new wash thing. <laughs> this wash is literally what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, I think a lot of people I've seen think that it was a stop and going over the curb at Cops, but no, he obliterated a bit of Alpha Tauri from their collision, and that's what. And I these, team. yeah, I know of all the teams, um, and these new cars, we've seen it with a few drivers, haven't we? Where the floor is the thing. Like as soon as you damage the floor, it's like undrivable. So, um, yeah, still an A though. A from us and an A from the fans. Sergio Perez. Hey. Yeah, just about. Oh, was it going to potentially be which one? I think it's a low A for me. Yeah. I think he was very fortunate at the end. He didn't have much. Because he was on for maybe fourth or fifth. Yeah. I think he, I think Leclerc was definitely very audacious with his move, but it was controlled, in my opinion. Perez probably could have just not have had that collision had he not squeezed Leclerc as much onto the apex. Like, I don't know, obviously it's the first lap of a restart. So I do understand that it's not a huge amount of space to go, but um, yeah, obviously that did ruin his race to a degree. Great comeback drive. These are, uh, this is one of those really difficult races where like some people, Perez, science of like not had the pace of their teammate, but then got like a fortunate safety car at the end, but then delivered. So it's like, yeah, it's, it's, an it's, a. it's an A, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, from when he pitted at the start and how far back he came from to then manage to finish in second, it's almost like deserving of an A-star drive and also the battling. And oh, I think I'll go with an A because I've not really, I don't know how many A-stars I'm going to give out because the the whole race was just so up and down, like, yeah, so I think I'll go for an A. But it was very impressive, and I'm very happy for Checo. Well done, Checo. So A well from done. us and an A star from And his the dad fans. got to hang out with Tom Cruise as well, so. He did. 
Maybe oh, Tom Cruise is his other son because people do say that Sergio Perez and Tom Cruise do look alike. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. There's the <laughs> you got that great that. picture of Bottas with uh, Sam, Sam Ryder. Ryder? Yeah. yeah. We just needed Checo and Tom Cruise Tom to have Cruise. a picture together. That, oh, that, that must exist somewhere. Has to, surely. Photoshop it, Tommy. You'll be fine. <laughs> right, next up, Charles Leclerc. A. 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 Yeah, he did make a bit of a boo-boo in qualifying. So Boo-boo in qualifying, a move that was risky, didn't need to happen. He seemed like without that contact and damage, I think he could have definitely challenged for the victory because we saw how quick he was in the race with that damage as well. So yeah, A for Leclerc and an A from the fans. Carlos Sainz, A. Yeah, A. Science, uh, yeah. Frank's just come downstairs barking. I think he's a Carlos That's Sainz okay. fan. Frank, he knows Frank that... wants to get involved in the, in the podcast. Yeah. Uh, but it's definitely an A. Um, what a weird race, by the way, for, for someone to get their win from pole, like the weirdest lights to flag. I guess it, he didn't do technically, but to get a pole and a win. And it's, prob- it's probably the only time it's happened, right? Not an A star because yeah. so much <laughs> happened. <laughs> It is crazy. Yeah, Frank is clearly very passionate about this grading. But um, yeah, I don't I don't think we can give him an A star, which does, like you say, seem absolutely obscene. He got pole position, his first pole of his career in Formula One, and then took the win. But there were just too many things that weren't quite like good enough you know the going wide just randomly at such a crucial point like you're leading could potentially take your first win here and he's just like now I'm gonna go off bye and then let Verstappen scoot through like that's such a massive mistake so yeah unfortunately I can't give him an A star um but once again, for like the seventeenth time in the podcast, congratulations, Carlos! Congratulations, Carlos! We are happy for you. <laughs> we are really, for, are really to, to happy end for on you. A, to end on a high note, his um, defensive driving of Max on the second start was brilliant. It was. Brilliant. It was. And I thought that we're going to crash. Yeah, to it was perfect. Like almost putting you in the wall, but like still fair kind of like the yeah. borderline you can get away with it was very Pushed aggressive to the limit. and very learned, good learned after the first start uh that uh need to be very very aggressive although max had obviously the soft tires on the first one um but yeah he got he stayed ahead he hindered max through turn one when max just about went onto the grass i was like oh no is he going to understeer into signs there's going to be a big mm. crash here didn't happen uh and yeah it was crucial for 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 him and one, and one more thing I will say about science as well is that I know he was on much better ties than Leclerc, but to stick that move in early because he knew the other guys were there as well, it won him the race. So, yeah. so fair play for that as well. He knew he had to make that move quickly because Perez and Hamilton were in the same situation um, and that won him the race. So we, we definitely saw the very best and the very worst of science in like the same race. So yeah. I reckon it balances yeah. that to an A. Yeah, can't give can't give any more than that because of the mistake uh, that. And he lost Max the lead through. literally straight away the first restart. Yeah, I was trying to end on a good note, Katie. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Whoopsie. Well done, science. Yeah. Right. Moving on. So we gave him an A, <laughs> and the fans gave him an A, an a star. No surprise there. You're very nice, Lando Norris. A. Yeah. Yeah. He was right in there. Very good drive. 
it's a difficult lost one out to Alonso with, with the strategy. McLaren screwed it up a little bit with the with the strategy. Pitted too late behind the safety car, which allowed Alonso through. Uh, but still P6. This goes into the next grade, but uh, <laughs> um, it's, this is one of those things where, like, until we see the certain someone improve or a new teammate or someone in there. Obviously, I, I personally think that it's Lando being very, very good and just being at one with the McLaren. But also at the same time, it's like, it's so hard to know the pace. It's a bit like Gasly last year. It's so hard to know the pace of the car when you've got someone performing so well and someone so poorly in the same team. I think still with this particular example, it'll make me sound like I'm some sort of Lando fanboy, but you have a proven race winner as his teammate. This isn't some rookie. This isn't Gotifi. This yeah, is it's not Gasly with Sonoda, I guess, is it? Yeah, so, this hmm. is Daniel Ricciardo who has what nine race eight, wins? I think it's eight eight race wins yeah. to his to his name. Like he he knows how to to win. He is very quick. So I would say that it's a bit of a slump of Danny Rick. You, just like with everything, there's there's more than one factor here. But Danny Rick is certainly going uh, through a slump. But Lando just seems to always get the maximum out that McLaren, especially when it's performing at a decent level. When when the McLaren's nowhere, which we've seen a few times, you know, even Lando can't get it through. But sometimes he just has those moments where he's just there and he's like, hey, P6, P7, I'm, I'm just going to sit here for the whole race. Uh, so yeah, Lando, we're giving an A and the fans gave him an A. And we now move on to Daniel Ricciardo, who I cannot give anything higher than an E. I'm going yeah, for an E. I'm, oh, I'm very tempted to go for an F. How 13th in a race with all those How? DNFs, he got beaten I... by Latifi. And I, I know his, his DRS like, didn't work, but like his DRS didn't work, but it's like it was probably not close enough to use it for anyone. So, uh, it's just painful, isn't it? Awful, but like, actually, lost for words, generally terrible. And this is just gonna said it after qualifying, but all that narrative of is Danny, Danny Rick going to stay at McLaren? That's yeah. all going to come flooding back now because we had this whole, oh, Zach Brown, they're actually besties, besties. and it's great. <laughs> but yeah, you can't be finishing 13th in a race with so many DNFs when your teammates fit. Um, no. So genuinely worried for six. his future now. I'll just tell you that. Yeah. P6. Uh, anyway, yeah, um, it would have been P5 had Alonso not beaten him. But yeah, so Danny Rick... <laughs> um, yeah, it's a sad one, isn't it? It's uh, it's very sad to watch. It seems like we say this every single time, but uh, mm. it's maybe it's better just to like, yeah, get <laughs> get rid. I don't know. I was trying to come up with some sort of like poetic phrase to be like poetic. Get rid. Chop chop off and just say adios. Chop, chop off. <laughs> Perfect. Well, uh, no, it's he's running out of time i think that's probably the key thing here it's so, uh, so we're giving yeah. danny rick an e and the fans gave him a d uh, fernando alonso a yeah a yeah nice one he uh, he really wanted that p4 didn't get it because uh, leclerc didn't get a penalty uh, so we gave him an a and the fans gave him an a esteban ocon c yeah can't really grade that uh yeah c yeah uh, the fans gave him a c as well Pierre Gasly. Gasly. He was in the points. Did he DNF due to the contact? I don't know. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, damage. He got the meatball flag. 
and then they just were like, he did. This. Yeah, that's uh, that's a shame. Um, and that's a problem. Your own teammate as well. Yikes. Yeah, big yikes for, for Yuki. And I mean, it's good for Yuki in the sense that he's battling his teammate and he's clearly stepped up this season. It's bad because now Yuki is doing things like this, which uh, you, you just can't do, especially yeah. to your teammate if you're running in the points. It's rule number one, isn't it? So Gasly, I'm going to, yeah, I think C for him. Yeah, I think that's fair. That. Yeah, the fans yeah. gave him a C as well. And then Yuki... Oh, it's borderline E D. because oh, I reckon it's wiped an out his own e. teammate. He's wiped out his own e. teammate. Yeah, that's like it's that's had the e. cardinal yeah. It's it's good that he's up there, but it's yeah, he hasn't a any points. Huge error. Yeah, you can't do that. So E for Sonoda, and the fans gave him a, a D. Uh, Sebastian Vettel, P nine after starting mm. towards the back. It's going to be a B. Yeah. B. Yeah, he, did, he didn't put Actually, socks no, on at a, the end, did no, he? No, A because Aston Martin screwed up his strategy. It, would have finished yeah, it's yeah. I'm 18th. still going to stick with a B. I think I don't. I don't know. I bet Vettel is just desperate for a dry qualifying. No, I'm going to give him an A because he, yeah, when they he started behind Perez at one point, he was behind Perez when they had the pit stops. So he had to pass Perez. Yeah, I'll go for an A. We'll go for a B. Okay. A for Vettel, B from the fans. Lance Stroll, C. P11. P11. Yeah, but everyone else retired. It's weird because P11, you're like, oh, it's not bad. And then you realize that that's just ahead of like 14 finishes. Yeah. Yeah, it's a C, I think. Just, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah, C, C for Stroll and a C from the fans. Nicholas Latifi, what a baller. Q3, absolutely loving life. Still didn't get points with only 14 people finishing. It's going to have to... Yeah, I'm going to give him a B just because he's never probably going to get a B again. I think it's a B. I think he deserves a B anyway. It's uh, Yeah. It's a shame he didn't get points, especially with so many retirements, but... He was sat in the points for quite some time, but then he was he was holding up Alonso at one point. Yeah, it's just a shame, really, because you're thinking with 14 finishers and he was up in eighth at one point after some pretty dogged driving. Um, but no, he just wasn't able to hold on. Blame the lack of the pace in the car. And don't forget, he's he didn't have the upgrades, upgrades that Alvin yeah. had. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we'll give him a, a deserved B. I think a B. Yeah. Cool. So a B from us and a B from the fans. Alban C. Can't really. I was going to say yeah. D. I know yeah. it wasn't his fault with the crash, but it, he. What, and, he got, and the cool down bit. That wasn't his fault. Like, gee. Yeah, yeah. I guess that looks worse, doesn't it? Than it than it is, um, because when you see the the seismic gap, but they're actually close together in Q one. Yeah. Okay. It's a low C. <laughs> Low, yeah, this, low <laughs> uh, C from us and a C from the fans. Faltry Bottas, obviously out. So C. C. C, very average performance. Got, yeah, yeah, that was uh, not so great. So C from us and a C from the fans. Show Guan Yu. A. It's very hard to judge because, but his qualifying, you can't judge on his qualifying and he, to beat Bottas in qualifying. Yeah, he went, 
he did one of the quickest times at one point, didn't he? Because I didn't actually get to see yeah, much. Yeah, oh my I had to God. watch a highlight. He was faster he was like than faster. five minutes to go. And it was like, yeah. That, Alonso, that split second when it looked like it was going to be an Alonso and Joe Guan Yu front row. <laughs> and they said, <laughs> the, like, rain, rain, and they said rain, the rain please. was getting worse. I was like, oh my God, this could be it. And then it's like, oh, no. Yeah, um, we'll give him we'll an, an A. a. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. That's fair. So from a, an A from us and an A star from the fans. Uh, Kevin Magnuson finished P10. It's going to be a B. Um, B. No, A. A. They sat from the back. Where? What position did he qualify? Was it 19th? Yeah, it was they were on the back two rows of the grid. Yeah. Oh, from um, 17th. 14 um, finishers. I B. Think yeah, it's a B. B for, so, so B from us and a B from the fans. And Mick Schumacher finished eighth. I'm giving him an A. Yeah, A. Yeah, Katie a. wants to give an A star. I, I do. You can see <laughs> it. I do. I really do. I'll, is this the last one? This is the last one. Yes. We'll end on a high. We'll go A star. Okay. So he's getting still getting Doesn't an make a. a difference to the game. <laughs> oh. <but laughs> he's still getting an A. Oh, so it's an A from us and an A from the fans. Right. Oh. Oh, oh, hello. I've just seen my British Grand Prix predictions. <laughs> I went for Max Verstappen bad luck. Very I good. Think that's definitely true. Yep. And Ferrari finally win again. I wasn't expecting yeah. it to be signed, though. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's two points. Katie. Ha ha. Wow. <laughs> I went, yeah. So I went for a you Verstappen. Went for the opposite, basically, of what Max Yeah. Grand Chelem. So that didn't happen. And then the clerk back on the podium. So <laughs> mine are terrible as well. I went for Merck driver fallout, which they were never really well Able together to in the race. Out. So yeah. uh, and double McLaren points. And that and is then also not I true. Forgot that Danrick is washed. Is washed. <laughs> Jeez. I knew that was coming. Uh, yes. Right, Joe Jov- Giovanni Kane 05, Ferrari one two with the Clerwin and fastest lap. No. Cute idea. You're Should on for been. it. You're on for that it. And then, and then, and uh, then, the yeah. strategist said, "No, no. Jo- <laughs> I keep wanting to say Giovanazzi when I read that name. Yeah, yeah Giovanni. I that, yeah. Giovanni. <laughs> Sorry, Giovanni. Strategist said no. Bernard Spateri, Mick first points. Hey. Yay. And Chelsea underscore enjoy it. There will be zero Brits on the podium, and there was it one. Was close. Right, Austria predictions. I have gone for a Mercedes on the podium again. And- oh, Matt, that's so unambitious. That's what you would do to me if I did that. Uh, uh, I don't think so, actually. I yeah, think you that do. Is, that's, what, that's the, not, the team that has got two the podiums bl- in a row? That's not the most blatant one, though, And they're really it? competitive In Austria. a normal race, we're having either two Ferraris and one Rebel or I'm two Rebels and one Ferrari. Back. You know what I'm I mean? You, have, you've rocked up to some Grand Prix and gone, there will be Lewis Hamilton driving a Mercedes. So, Yeah. Well, and uh, the other one, back, the other one is that I am on the hype train for Nicholas Latifi at the moment. So Latifi out qualifies Albon, even though it's a sprint race, isn't it coming up? So how do I clarify? Uh, uh, yeah, that out qualify. I will clarify quali- it in the next. No, you podcast. will not. You'll clarify it right now. <laughs> uh, he will. Uh, he will. He will out qualify on the Friday. 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 Okay. Friday. I'm just going to write this in the sheet so we yeah. just have clarification. Saturday, Friday, Saturday. Uh, Katie, yours. 
I am so going to lose this whole year. So I'm just going for crazy ones. Max wins the sprint, but not the race. And then I've said impeding drama in qualifying. Okay. I need some uh, more, more uh, specificity. That's not a word, but it is now on impeding drama qualifying. What does this mean? We don't need like, Oh, oh he's in my way. Well, what, what, so what I'll level? say two, cause I'm so far behind two drivers get penalized for impeding and qualifying. Okay, so they get penalties. You do realize the crazier your predictions, you don't get any more points. Just uh, (laughs) I know, but I'm so far behind. Maybe we should maybe we should change the predictions for next year and like we'll have to be really tier of predictions like one, two, and three. You wager points. So you're like Latifi win is like ten points. Oh, but like, I like if you this. go like Verstappen win, oh, it's wow, like weird. one point. Look yeah, let us know in the comments. Year, yeah, if we should do that next listening, year. Uh, let us know if that would be a good thing. Okay. Tommy, mm. uh, Ricardo out in Q one, and Albon in the points. Ooh, Ooh. okay, oh, vibes. Uh, the fans, Retco seven, Verstappen P one. Oh, why is this in the race? That? Just, I imagine, any yeah, point any, the any point. FP1. Yeah. <laughs> Ty Kangas 30, both Aston Martins out in Q1. And Isaac Revens, George top five, has double points and a surprise new podium finisher for the season. Wow, okay. Oh, I copied that in and was going to just do surprise new podium finisher, but I copied all of them in, so they've gone very specific with that, so. Good luck to you. Okay, so Tommy screwed you over there, Isaac. Yeah, sorry. I'm sorry. Isaac. Uh, for Retco as well, we'll say that it's a Verstappen P1 on the Sunday, just so. Okay, uh, yeah. So we know. Right. Tommy, final thoughts. <laughs> uh, thank you, everyone who <laughs> met us at Silverstone and especially those that went to the clubhouse. It was awesome. Uh, I feel like my voice has recovered slightly throughout this podcast. Mm. It doesn't feel as deep. It's, so people listening, if, if you wind back to the start now, it probably sounds like a different hello. person. Hi. Um, <laughs> hello. Uh, oh, it's back. <laughs> and yeah, uh, thanks, everyone for that because it's still awesome and yeah seeing everyone at clubhouse it was such a such good atmosphere it certainly was katie well my final thought was the same i knew you were <laughs> i knew say that's that. why i went for it you meanie um do i have to think of a different one yeah i would like to echo how do we fun. not understand the final thoughts but i might set me come across as horrible and you might be like well katie didn't care about meeting all these well, no, people you just said it was gonna be the same but yeah. it can't be that's the final thoughts rules so my next final thought that i have a hundred percent not thought of on the spot <laughs> is um can you come back to me <laughs> This is again. That's that's point number two in final thoughts. Wow, Katie. Anything. Well done, Carlos, on the first win. Oh, wow. nice to get okay. it out of the way. Yeah, that's a Tommy. That's a Tommy. But it's fine. Well, we'll you, take I don't know. Otherwise, we're going to be. Otherwise, it's going to be a four-hour podcast. And my final thoughts are: firstly, yes, an amazing British Grand Prix experience. Thank you to everybody who came and said hello, had pictures with whatever. It's been. It's what is genuinely one of my favourite weekends of the year because I actually get to speak to, and we get to speak to you know you guys that actually watch our stupid content so thank you uh thank you for that and secondly uh you know what look i want latifi to announce a big nutella sponsorship for next year and he will actually start his own formula one team nutella racing uh, so that he can stay in formula one so that's my final second thought we'll see if it happens uh hashtag wtf1 podcast if you want to get involved in the next discussion podcast send in your questions also give us your feedback wherever you're listening five stars comments whatever we want to hear from you and we'll see you when we've recovered (laughs) for the austrian grand prix this weekend more f1 races 
see you there. A hot take Wednesday, where we yes. where we say which driver's never going to win a race, and then they win the next one. Yeah. Yes. So on Twitch, we have hot take Wednesdays. Go follow us over on there. WTF one official, and we'll love you and leave you on that. Goodbye. Bye. 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 Ferrari, why didn't you pit Leclerc? <laughs> why didn't you pit Leclerc? Why Tommy, you pit Leclerc? why did they pit Leclerc? Tommy, why, why haven't they pit Leclerc, they pit Tommy? Leclerc? Why have they not pit Leclerc? Tommy, why didn't they pit Leclerc? <laughs>